Welcome to episode 199 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about the aggressive abiding relationship that you should have in Jesus Christ. Let's dive in. If you've been a part of the church for any length of time, you have heard of the word abide. We're told all over the scriptures, but it highlights itself in John 15, where we're told, I think it's 10 times, abide in the vine, abide in me, says Jesus. And it's interesting, we hear that word often, but I think for a lot of us, we go, okay, well, (laughs) so what, what does that actually mean? Well, I thought it'd be fun to spend a couple of episodes on the podcast walking through and kind of diving into this idea of the abiding relationship that we are to have with Jesus Christ. So just to set the tone, I want to read a part of John 15 to you because obviously Jesus is in this context. He's in the upper room and he's talking to his disciples about the relationship that he is to have with them. In fact, in chapter 14, Jesus uses this language of abiding by saying, hey, my father and I are going to come and we are going to abode with you. We're going to actually abide with you. We're going to actually make our house, this dwelling place with you. And again, he's using this, it's a different grammatical word, but it's that same idea as the word abide. So listen to this afresh as I read a part of John 15. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As my Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. What an incredible passage. Well, I thought it'd be fun that as we're talking through this idea of John 15, to play you a clip from a message that I preached about a year ago, looking at John 15. I was just kind of going to summarize a lot of it. And I realized as I was going back and re-listening, I was like, wow, this is really stirring to me, especially in this idea of this aggressive abiding relationship that we were to have with Jesus. So here's a clip of me preaching on John chapter 15. 
The word abide, I love this. It's the Greek word minnow, M-E-N-O, minnow. Uh, the Greek word minnow <clears throat> has this idea of like to sink down into. Uh, my, my favorite illustration is like the lazy boy recliner, right? So you get home after a long day and you, and you sit in this lazy boy recliner and the lazy boy just kind of sucks you in, right? And you're just, uh, you know, you kick up the foot rest. And what are you doing? You are abiding. <laughs> you are resting. You are remaining. It's that kind of an idea. Right? It has, this idea of abide has like to sink down into, has this idea of to hold tight to, has this idea of to remain, uh, has this idea of to stay fixed in one place, uh, has this idea of to, uh, to hold onto. My, my favorite definition for abide, though, is refusing to depart. Do you know what the job description of the branch is? It is to refuse to depart from the vine. That it is to rest in the vine, yes, it is to hold tight to the vine, yes. It is to remain in that vine, yes. But the key of that whole thing is that the, the branch must refuse to ever leave the life source of the vine. Uh, one of the Greek lexicons translated that word minnow, this word abide, this way. I thought it was so interesting. They, the, the dictionary uh, in Greek said, it was an inward, enduring, personal communion. What is abiding? It is an inward, enduring, personal communion. So what is the branch to do with the vine? It is to have an inward, enduring, personal communion with the vine. That an interesting thought. You recognize that communion takes work. You cannot put communion on autopilot. Right? Look at any relationship. You actually have to work at relationships. <laughs> Which stinks. You don't want to be great, you just turn on a switch called relationship, and you just float. You just, oh, I'm good, right? But no, you have to fight for the relationship. You have to work at the relationship. You have to develop the relationship. You have to maintain the relationship. That's this idea of abiding. That it's not just like, well, I, I said a prayer, and I bumped my head, and I'm good to go, and I'm, I'm now in Jesus. And now I'm on autopilot, and I can become passive. That's not Christianity. That Christianity is, hey, I've got to aggressively keep moving forward. Hey, I've got to... I've got to fight with all of my life to hold tight to Jesus. Hey, I've got to refuse to depart. Why? Because he's the life source. And if here's a vine and I'm the branch, you realize the only way that the branch is ever going to have life within itself is when the life of the vine flows up through the vine into the branch and then produce the fruit. That, that, the, that the branch cannot bear fruit on its own. A branch cannot have life on its own. A, a branch cannot have anything on its own. The only thing the branch can do is hold tight to the vine. And then the life and the energy and the resource and the power of the vine is going to supply the branch everything that it needs for life and for godliness. To use the Second Peter 1.3 passage. Now, get this. In the passage, I find this so interesting. Jesus is talking about this power. He's talking about this life. He's talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit's going to come in you, and it's going to be like the life of the vine coming into your life in the branch. But in the middle of all this, he starts talking about obedience and the commandments. Now, if I was one of the disciples, I would have stopped Jesus and said, Jesus, thank you, thank you. I know I'm supposed to obey, but this is not the right time. Keep telling me about the life of the vine. Jesus, I am. I'm talking about obedience. Think this through. There is a blessing that comes with the abiding through obedience. In other words, if you're going to abide, it literally demands that you obey. If you're going to hold tight to the, to the vine, it means you're going to have to obey. 
Uh, look, look at John 15, verse 10. Verse 10 says, If you keep, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. That word, therefore, to keep has this idea of to guard, to attend carefully to, to take care of, to observe. It's not like, all right, Jesus, I'm going to abide in you, and I'm, going to, I'm resting, and I'm holding tight to the vine, and then I do whatever I want. See, that, that actually doesn't work in the passage. See, the idea is, Jesus, I, I want to remain in you. I want to hold tight to you. I want to focus on you. I want to, hey, I'm going to refuse to depart from you, which must mean whatever the vine wants in my life, I'm going to have to obey. If I'm going to continue to hold tight to and refuse to depart. In other words, the only way I can continue abiding in the vine is I have to be obedient to the vine itself. <clears throat> now, get this. There is a blessing of the abiding when we obey. But there is supposed to be an ease of obedience. That obedience is not supposed to be tough. Obedience is not supposed to be hard. Obedience is actually supposed to be easy. And how does that come about? Well, Jesus actually explains it. The ease of obedience comes through love. And of course, we've all experienced this, but you know, as little kids, right, our parents would tell us to do certain things, and we'd always be like, you know, we we kind of, we didn't like it. (laughs) So we may have done the action that they wanted us to do, but we did not do it with the attitude we should have done it with. That is completely different than, you know, the parents are out for the night, and uh, you know, the classic illustration is the kitchen, right? The kitchen's a mess. And so you decide, you know what, for mom and dad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean the house. And so, you know, you, you clean the kitchen, and then you vacuum, and you dust, and you, know, you do all this stuff. And, and because it's done out of love, you are more diligent to do it. It's actually more fun. You're actually really excited to see their expression when they walk in the house. and like, whoa! You know, like, how did this all get clean? That actually, uh, obedience becomes easy. Now, I'm not saying that it's like, ooh, that was simple. That's not what I'm saying. But there is an easiness to obedience, right? What you may have to obey in may be very difficult, but there is an easiness to it when it's done from this position of love rather than a have to. Uh, listen to John 14, verses 15 through 17. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Think about this. Jesus says, One of the signs of love for me is that you are going to keep my commandments. Well, how on earth am I going to pull those off? I mean, the standard that Jesus has for us is impossible. And Jesus says, well, that's easy. I'm going to give you another helper. Well, why is Jesus giving us the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the reasons he gives us the Holy Spirit is so that we can have the empowerment, the grace to obey. So Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. But hey, don't worry. I'm going to fill you with my spirit so that you can obey. So Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, get this, for he dwells with you and will be in you. A few verses later, in verse 23 of chapter 14, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and again, make our home with him. And that word home is mone, M-O-N-E, which the root of that, again, is that word abide, minnow. That, hey, hey, when you love me and you keep my word, then we're going to really come and we're going to abide in you and with you, and you're going to be our home. 
Uh, John says in 1 John chapter 2, so his epistle, 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, he says, but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. In other words, hey, if we say, well, yeah, he abides in me, well, then his life better be evident through us. Well, that should make sense. That if I'm a branch connected to this vine, and it is the life source of the vine that flows into my life, then it is his life that should be seen. Right? It's not that, oh, I have the life of the vine, but I'm going to do whatever I want. It's not, oh, I have the life of the vine, uh, but, but I'm going to have a different nature. Right? That the life and the fruit of the vine should be coming out of the branch. Right? If you had a branch and you connected it to the vine, oh, let me say it this way. If you had an apple tree and the life of the apple tree is, the, is an apple tree, you would not expect to see oranges. Why? It's an apple tree. And the branch that is connected to the apple tree is only going to produce the fruit of the tree, the life of the tree. Does that make sense? In other words, the, what comes out of the branch, the life of the branch, should only be a demonstration of the life of the, of the vine itself. With Jesus, then, if I'm connected to Jesus, what you should see in my life is Jesus, not me. I am merely the branch, and it is his life within me that is bringing about his very nature, his very life. And that's exciting because I don't have to try. I don't have to grip my teeth. I can just rest. I can hold tight to him. He can be my focus. I can, I can refuse to depart, and he's going to produce his life in and through me. Now, Jesus says in verse 5, again, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, I, and I in him, bears much fruit. Now get this. The job description of the branch is not bearing fruit. The job description of the branch, branch, according to chapter 15, is abide. Well, yeah, but there's supposed to be fruit coming out of our life. I know. (laughs) But that's not your job description. Your job description is not producing the fruit. Your job description is to abide. But get this, when you abide, there is going to be a natural result of abiding. What is that? Fruit. In other words, one of the ways we know that you are abiding in Jesus is that there's fruit all over you. So this is not, well, grit your teeth, try to pull this off, you know. Uh, See, I've I've never gone out and looked at trees, you know, or plants, and I've never seen any of them going, ah, you know, trying to produce fruit. See, you don't do fruit, you don't, you know, you don't, you know, struggle and strive to produce fruit, you bear fruit. It is almost like this, it's an effortless, natural result of having the life of the vine. And as long as the life is within you, hey, there will be fruit. So the focus then for the branch is not on the fruit. The focus on the branch is don't depart from the vine. The focus of the branch is, hey, you better refuse to depart. You better cling to. You better hold on to. Hey, you better just grip this thing. You better be focused intensely on the life of the vine. Because, hey, when you do, you will produce fruit. So, yes, there should be fruit coming out of your life, but that should not be your focus. Because the moment you make fruit your focus, you're not abiding. And the people, it's interesting, the people who are like, well, you know, I need to have more love. And so they're trying to be more loving. You realize their life doesn't work. Why? Because they don't have the life within them. But it's amazing, the moment I get focused on the, on, the, on, on the vine, Jesus, the moment I refuse to depart from him, the moment I allow his life to come in and through me, oh, look, there's all this fruit. 
Well, where did this come from? It is merely the natural result of the abiding. Uh, here's a good question for all of us. What is the fruit that should be coming out of our lives? Uh, <clears throat> yesterday I was just doing a quick study of fruit uh, and this harvest stuff that should be in our lives as Christians. And uh, I'm not going to read all of this, but I just, I'll just give you some highlights. Uh, in Romans 1 and John 4, it says that there's this harvest that should be coming out of our lives of those who we lead to Christ and who mature in their faith. In other words, it's that idea of the, you know, the, uh, the fields are white with harvest, right? They're, they're ready to be harvested. So there should be an aspect of one of the fruit, the realities that come out of our life is those we're leading to Christ. Uh, in Romans 6, uh, verse 22, there's this idea that the fruit uh, that God is working in our life is sanctification. Uh, and, uh, in other words, it's this idea of personal holiness. It's, it's this attribute of godliness within our life. So what, what is one of the aspects that God is deepening and developing and the fruit that is coming out of us? Well, it's this idea of sanctification, holiness, godliness, that whole thing. And you can read that in Romans 6, 22. Uh, in Ephesians 5, 9, <clears throat> Paul writes that the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the light is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So, so what should be coming out of your life? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Uh, Colossians 1.10 uh, says that we are to bear fruit in every good work and in increasing in the knowledge of God. So every good work that God has established and planned for us and the increasing in the knowledge of who he is is one of these aspects that should be coming out of our life. Well, what, what's going to come out of my life? Paul says the fruit of the Spirit. And by the way, get this. The word fruit is singular. So it's not the fruits of the Spirit, our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's the fruit. In other words, it's one fruit that has all these aspects to it. In other words, it's not like, well, can I pick the love and I'll pick the peace, and I don't, I don't want the self-control part, right? They, they all come as one group. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul says that should be what is coming out of your life. So you are called to bear fruit, but the focus of our life should not be on the fruit. The focus and job description of the branch is the abiding. Over the next several weeks, I want to take this idea even deeper and, and kind of look at this passage from several different angles. But my great desire is that each of us would experience this overwhelming reality of living, depending, surrendering, refusing to depart from the life of Jesus Christ. We are called to abide in him. Now, over the next couple of weeks, I want to dive even deeper and talk practically about, all right, what is abiding and how do we actually do it? But if I can leave you one practical for today, could I encourage you to examine your life and see whether or not you're actually in the vine? Are you actually clinging tight to Jesus Christ? Do you realize that he is everything that you need for life and for godliness? Have you gone about your spiritual journey to such a point where it's all based on your effort and based on your wisdom and based on your talent and based on your whatever, and yet you are not relying, depending, surrendering, trusting him? Could I encourage all of us to freshly throw ourselves upon Jesus Christ, to cling to him all the tighter and abide, refuse to depart from him. 
Because as I keep quoting 2 Peter 1.3, he is everything that we need for life and for godliness. So please don't just nod your head and go, yes, yes, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm doing great. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart? Would you freshly allow him to search and try your thoughts, your heart, your motives, your actions, your attitude, and really see whether or not you're living the reality of a branch abiding in the vine? And if I may encourage you, if you notice that there are these areas where you are trying to self-produce, if there are areas that you are, you are living in sin, if there are areas where you are trying to hide, could you repent? Would you throw yourself upon the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Would you cry out to him for forgiveness and for life, for cleansing of this junk that resides within us? And would you freshly press into the reality of Jesus being your life? Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 199 for episode 199. Now, again, over the next few weeks, we're going to be diving more into this idea of the abiding relationship we have with Jesus. And until next time, know I am praying for you and cheering you on as you abide in the vine, Jesus Christ. 